Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Uh, today, David Morrison and I um, just sort of explore this idea of um, God and spirituality in a, in a pretty broad sense. Uh, we we set it up. Um, we're going off of a uh, quote from Bono. Uh, it's a, it's a very long quote. It's from. Uh, a book that uh, either has already been released or will be released soon. Um, I think it's already released. He's on a book tour. So, um, so yeah, so we're kind of all over the place in a good way. Uh, we uh, look at this idea of um, being a spiritual person, this idea of not necessarily needing a physical uh, place and um, just connecting with those. Um, the, the, the wording is a divine signal just trying to connect with that and and spread that out throughout the world and the universe but before we get into that thank you to danny west he does all the editing and sound engineering uh thank you to jacob nedia uh maker of monk drums that's what you hear in the background Uh, if you want to learn more about desert rain community the ruined.com it's a place to check that out drcrpod.com is a place to uh, get other episodes of our podcast um, or wherever you found this uh, episode and please tell a friend word of mouth and social media really help us also dreamwalkerway.com is a place to get david's uh, book of haiku and we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. Hola, Senor Maison. Um, do that one more time. Hola, Senor Maison. Okay. Uh, do I not have a signal? No, you, well, it's just delayed. I don't know what's going uh, on. Okay. Danny, Danny can clean it up. Danny's a magician. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny. The pipes are calling. Um, so today on today's episode, today, we'll be talking about today. Uh, we're still kind of in the, we're trying to get in back in the swing of things. We're in holiday malaise. Um, it's windy. I think my allergies are kicking my butt. So let's see, where do we, so Sometime this week, maybe maybe a week ago, you and I were talking about someone had reached out about listening to one of the episodes and uh, enjoyed it. Um, and you and I kind of talked about um, the type of person that's going to listen to our podcast at least regularly, or even if it's two or three episodes, is not is not the typical mainline denomination Christian, right? Like it's. Yeah, well, there's kind of a niche there of of I could see Episcopalians and maybe some Methodists, <laughs> those mainline Protestants. They would listen to it and say, eh, um, I guess yeah, bad. I guess mainline was the wrong was the wrong uh, popular Christianity. Those yeah. in in popular Christianity. Yeah, no. Um they would not approve of this. So we we talked about, you know, the, our 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 podcast isn't really for them. No. Um they're saved, they're healed. They're Republican. They're doing fine, you know. <laughs> they're doing. They got their four hundred one k. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got their tax shelters, you know. And so Jesus says, "Leave them alone. Let them be." 
Yeah. And so, and then last, so this being said, this is sort of where I'm doing a long buildup for our, our today's topic, but, um, connected to that last night I was on, I was on a meeting and, um, the person that was speaking was talking about in their in their recovery travels that they were just a copycat. They just watched what other people did Ooh. in the thing and just did that. You know what I mean? Whether it was working the steps or how they prayed or how they met it. Like they said, nothing they had was really was original. It was all it was all copycat stuff, right? Um, and that you know that kind of had me personally reflecting on like um, those that have become before us, right? Like you and I have done episodes on people that have inspired us in in different ways spiritually. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and, uh, and then last week our, we did an episode about our being so moved um, with the Vincent uh, Van, uh, beyond Van Gogh exhibition that we went to. And, and um, as I would, you know, I shared a little bit last night, on this meeting and you know there a lot of times it's a common thing in 12-step groups to be caught up with this idea of god or a higher power you know and and i didn't get to a conception of a higher power because of my own ideas or my you know my um my some unique idea I came with. Yeah, it, your it, own originality. Exactly, it came to comes back to this copycat thing, right? And Absolutely. how we how we can access this God or higher power, and and um, you know whether it's through paintings or experiences like we had with the Van Gogh thing, whether it's through music, whether it's through you know scriptures, you know spiritual yeah. texts, and I don't mean just I'm not talking about just the Bible, right? It can come from the Jewish scriptures, the Quran, um, poetry, um, any, anything you can really sink your teeth into, um, in a spiritual way. And, um, anyways, and today, as we're trying to figure out a topic, you brought a quote by a musician, right? Another avenue, as we said, music to connect to this, this universal force. Um, and so, we'll have you read that quote and then we'll kind of go with there from there from with the topic. Sounds good. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So our friend, uh, Birgit German, a German name for Bridget. She's named after St. Bridget. Um, Bridget, uh, Birgit West, uh, has been reading and been telling us about, uh, uh, the pop star, uh, Bono, his autobiography that's out. He's on a book tour. Uh, the book is called Surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she sent me, a, Marsh and I, a passage from it that was pretty eloquent. And so we're going to use it tonight at our Wednesday night meditation. And it's a little long, but... Yeah, bear with us on yeah, the, the length of it. Apologize for the pendactive, <laughs> the pendactive nature of it. He is Irish, so... <laughs> He is and people, you know, and people think of Bono as the the late '90s Bono, or either the '80s arrogant uh, virtue signaling Bono, or the '90s flashy uh, uh, parody of a rock star uh, guy, you know. But he's been doing his thing all these years, and they they're at the end of the day, they're real people, you know. And, well, and I would argue that you kind of, if you're going to be a rock star, 
you kind of have to go through all those phases. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like check yourself. <laughs> it's part, it's, it's sort of part of the lore yeah. um, on a certain level. Anyways. Exactly. But this is, yeah. So this is something he wrote, uh, you know, his thoughts on God and spirituality. So I'll just, I'll just read it. It might take about a minute or two. So, so he wrote this and this is what Birgit sent me. I want to thank her for that. Um, he said, I've never found, I've never quite found a church I could call home. And I tell our children to be wary of religion. I tell them what uh, the human spirit longs for may not be corralled by any denomination, may not be contained by a building. It's more likely a daily discipline, a daily surrender and rebirth. It's more likely the church is not a place, but a practice. And the practice becomes the place. There is no promised land, only the promised journey, the pilgrimage. We search through the noise for signal. We learn to ask better questions of ourselves and each other. I call the signal God and search my life for clues that betray the location of the eternal presence. For starters, we look to who is standing beside, beside us or down the road, the ones whose roof we share or the ones around the corner who have no roof. The mystics tell us God is present in the present, or what Dr. King described as the fierce urgency of now. God is present in the love between us, in a crowd, in a band, in a marriage, in the way we meet the world. God is present in love expressed as action. I sang the statement, I still haven't found what I'm looking for as a question when I was 27. When trying to make peace with my own uncertainty, I grew to be certain in one regard, that whatever our instincts or ideas are about the great mysterious he or she, whatever the differences of the great faith traditions, they find common ground in one place. Among the poor and vulnerable is where the signal is strongest. So where is God? While I hope God is with those of us who live such comfortable lives, I know God is with the poor and vulnerable in the slums and cardboard boxes where the poor have to play house, in the doorways where we step over the divine on our way to work, in the silence of a mother who has unknowingly infected her child with the virus that will end both their lives. God is in the cries heard under the rubble of war, in the bare hands digging for air, God is with the terrorized at sea, with the desperate at sea clinging unto drowning dreams. God is with the refugee. I hear his only son was one. God is with the poor and the vulnerable, and God is with us if we are with them. So Powerful. Yeah, Paul Hewson is his real name. <laughs> oh, that's Bono's real name? Yeah. Very interesting. Two minutes... In 30 seconds. All right. A little long. Yeah. Apologies out there. <laughs> he had asked me, he, he asked me how, how long I thought it would take. And I told him I'd tell him at the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, so I guess what, what really jumped out to you the first time you encountered that one beer get sent you? Well, she just sent it like a couple of days ago. So it's just been kind of rolling in my head. And I, and I think I've read statements like that from, Bono over the years. I'm kind of a, I mean, you're a U2 fan. <laughs> you are a U2 fan. Since my brother gave me a cassette tape of The Unforgettable Fire in 1984. So, yeah. Well, I, but I've seen him five times. 
But when you first encountered, I mean, when you first read it two days ago or whatever it was, what was it that really, what really grabbed you? I mean, obviously besides it being, being Bono. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely, you know, felt more of a, an affirmation and a confirmation for, you know, as you, I hate to use the word journey because everybody, that's such a, a popularized word now, uh, you know, you're not just buying a product, you're going on a product journey now. Uh, you're not just trying to get in shape and make some choices for your health. You're, you're on a wellness journey now, you know, so all that. That's right. Uh, but on the pilgrimage of faith, on the, I, I, at least in my experience, uh, I started with, um, Probably initially started, I mean, they, they gave me beliefs. These are the beliefs you're to believe. But then a spark occurred when I was about 12 where there was actual faith. Mm. And then that got bogged down again by beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I think the history of Christianity has done that. I'm reading a book by a theologian named Harvey Cox called The, the Age of Faith, where he, where he basically says the initial church was the age of faith. Mm. And by the third century or fourth century, when they codified it, it rules. and canonized scripture and all that kind of stuff, uh, it yeah it became the age of beliefs, mm. and so very different from from faith. An atheist can operate in faith, and then a Christian believer can operate in atheism, uh, as if mm. God is not present at all. Uh, we see it in their attitude amongst many evangelicals towards migrants and refugees um and so so yeah so so definitely yeah the difference between uh, living in faith and just having a set of beliefs and a lot of people feel you know they can't commit to the beliefs so they feel like there's no other option oh i see the so yeah so so when people talk about the droves of people leaving the church right because they think that because they don't buy into all the beliefs, yeah, they leave the church and they re- not realize uh, the option is is just being atheist or being spiritual but not religious. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And and I I just don't buy that they're leaving the church in that sense because they are the church. Uh, if you've had an experience of faith, if you've had an experience with love, which I believe most people have. Mm-hmm regardless of what you, where you live or what you're, you know, if you're a human being. Um, so you're, you're part of the, what I would call the mystical body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're not leaving what they already are. Right. They're just leaving the building. Exactly. The structure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my point. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a story, a Hasidic story that I read somewhere one time uh, where a group of students ask a rabbi, uh, well, what's what's to do with atheists? You know, because because atheists get a bad rap, <laughs> right? In this country, uh, and uh, not just this country, worldwide, and uh, and so the students ask the rabbi, you know, what else? And the atheist says, uh, I mean, the the rabbi says to them, well, the atheist is the most godly of all of them because when they do a good work, they don't do it for a reward or fear of punishment; they do it for the sake of goodness for the sake of doing right. And so that's the highest level of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so respect your atheist friends. <laughs> and so, so that's kind of the way I see that. And so, yeah, sorry. 
No, no, that's good. And, and I, I think, um, kind of going back to what you were just talking about your own. Yeah. It's a constant evolution of the faith to belief to, yeah. to faith to belief and, and going back and forth because, um, you know, as, as, uh, logical mammals that are trying to survive right that's what we evolved out of yeah having these black and white rules are very handy for us right um, on a you know on a survival idea but then you know if we take if we then take that and sort of cut it down at the knees um from the quote that he was talking about about hoping god is with those that are that are comfortable yeah um, you know and and so because that we know, well, there's a percentage of people in the world um, that no longer, the survival instinct is, is, is still in us genetically, but we don't, don't need it because we, you know, we can drive uh, to a grocery store that has more food than, you know, if we go back four or five yeah. of our ancestors, they could never imagine all that food being in the same place at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. And so then bringing, so, so bringing those things to the, the modern world in the sense of like, um, because there's also another pop, you know, another on the same side of that coin is the percentage of people that don't have access to those things, yeah, exactly. you know, whether it's through, um, poverty or just, you know, you know, talking about, you know, immigrants just living, happen to being born into a war torn country, yeah. you know, there's, there's a, a million, um, different variables that go into this equation, right? And um, and God is with all of them, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and in this Christian tradition, he's particularly and especially with them. Well, and that's what I was going to say. What? How did Bono, the signal is the strongest? Is that? Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that the, the signal of, of the divine is strongest yeah. in those places and with those people? And yeah, and there's a whole theology, if anyone's interested in, called liberation theology. It came out of Central America. And, Maybe you can uh, give a, a little. Yeah, they use the phrase, I think we've used it, uh, God's preferential option for the poor. Uh, you see it in the gospel tradition for sure. Uh, you know, the gospel tradition in the, the four gospels. Mm -hmm. uh, the way the way Jesus Christ is born uh, as a refugee on the run, um, poor his entire life. Uh, that's by design, not by accident, so to speak. And so, you know, and it, and it comes out of uh, the end of the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus speaks of the the uh, the last judgment, and it comes doesn't come down to did you accept me as your personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> It does not did come you, down to. Did you say the Jesus prayer? <laughs> did you say the Jesus prayer? Did you uh, did you stay away from makeup and and dancing and alcohol and cigarettes and bad girls and boys that do? Uh, did you uh, join this church or that church? It doesn't come down to any of those things. Any kinds of. Did you believe in the virgin birth? Did you believe in hell? Oh, if you didn't believe in hell, I know people that have condemned me for hell just for questioning that viewpoint you know if hell existed yeah or not, so or therefore or so their belief in hell is what saves them and what, what a miserable <laughs> life to live you know if you see the world that way well it, it sometimes melts people brain when you point out that there were no christian churches 
while Jesus was alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, people have a hard time. Like, what he wasn't mean? a Baptist? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, like the, uh, yeah, it's like the Catholic school joke <laughs> we used to tell. The, the cardinal comes running in and tells the Pope, uh, Father, the, the, Jesus has, has, has uh, returned. That's the good news. And he's like, well, what's the bad news? He returned to Salt Lake City, <laughs> not the Vatican. So anyway, um, yeah, so, it, so in Matthew 24, it doesn't come down to any of those things, this right. final judgment. It comes down to did you, did you uh, whether you recognize the divine presence in these people or not. So, so you're, mm. you're, even your religious faith isn't even on the line. It's just did you have compassion for the most marginalized and the most vulnerable of people around you? And did you do small things uh, to, well, that, to help them in some way? And that's it. That's, well, that's what it comes down to, you know? Yeah. And I know on this podcast, we've, we've, you know, we don't, we don't have to rehash it today, but just this, you know, the good Samaritan story, the Samaritans were the outcasts. Yeah. It's, oh, once you the, see it. Yeah. Yeah. The woman at the well, you it's, know, and, and all these other yeah. examples we've used to, to really um, narrow down that, that, you know, that how how that liberation theology and the the is ever present in the gospel traditions. Yeah, to me, it just is the gospel. It's not mm-hmm. even right. So yeah. yeah, the critics will say, well, that's the social gospel, and it's a false gospel, and uh, and it's just like, yeah, all right, go. <laughs> I, I, w- I wish your your theory of the rapture was true, so that Jesus would just take all of you away and go up to heaven. You can laugh Shoot. at us while we we're burning under plagues and whatnot yeah so anyway and the seven what is it seven headed monster or something yeah anyway all their mythology and fantasy um so so uh, i guess going back because bono talks about it you mentioned it too about the people are leaving the structure of church or the the physical place of church but Really, truly, that is, you know, that is the body of Christ, right? The people. Yeah. And it depends on where you're looking to. In what sense? Well, because in, in, on the continent of Africa and true. South America, Central America, the, uh, the Catholic Church and the Pentecostal Church specifically are, and the Mormons, <laughs> are exploding in numbers. Um, but yes, but, it, but in the, what we'd call the Western world... Uh, North America, you know, the U.S., Canada, um, and Europe. Uh, not, yeah, it's definitely in decline. Mm-hmm. Membership is definitely in decline. And, um, I mean, not <laughs> this might be going a little bit too deep, but do you think because in the Western world we have gotten so comfortable that we don't know about that strong signal that the divine is present in, in the struggle of life, in the uh, hardship of life. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, it's a, it's a harsh reality, but that's, that's just true. You know, if I don't, if I don't have, if all my needs are taken care of by my, my product journey that I'm on, <laughs> then yeah. My social media journey. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah, or my social media journey, and um, you know, yeah, 
and 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 obviously he 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 does it so poetically in in the sense of of listing out all the different right like the one that jumped jumped out to me as you read it but the uh, drowning at sea you yeah know, the, the drowning dreams um at sea because you can that's literal yeah right? that's sure. happening to people every day and the metaphor works in you know um the drowning of just everyday life right like right. the the you know the day-to-day um i don't want to say struggle because it isn't always a struggle but just the the monotony of the day-to-day, you know, getting up, go to work, yeah, you know, go to the PTA, go, you know, go to the, the social club, get home, chores there and all this, all this stuff. And so, um, for you personally, and we've, it's well documented some of the struggles you've gone through, um, you know, specifically health wise, um, maybe someone that doesn't have that same they live in that place of of being comfortable right um they are stepping over the person to go into work you yeah. know and and they can't really relate maybe with that that severe struggle uh how does someone tap into that how does someone how does someone relate to that situation or to that to those moments where it's just easier to ignore it Right. Yeah. In in the short term anyways. And right. I would say I would say it's it's never easy to ignore it, but in the short term, seemingly it's easier to yeah. ignore it, right? Yeah, I think most people are eaten with guilt about that situation. Mm. And so and they feel powerless. So they're faced with their own powerlessness. I can't really I can give this person a a dollar or something, you know, and and these days it's even hard because you don't even I was going to say, you don't, yeah, you don't carry that so, with you. So that, that puts a couple extra steps. I can go buy this person uh, some food. And it can get even com- more complicated than that. I've, 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 uh, we've encountered people where we'd buy them food and they threw it back at us because <laughs> they wanted cash for drugs, you know? Uh, and so... Uh, well, I've, I've even I've experienced... Given, where I've given someone, I remember this very vividly, a granola bar. Yeah. And he just shook his head. He's like, I, I don't, I don't have any teeth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, that's a tough he physically, like he physically couldn't yeah. eat it, which is, you know, in my, had never even crossed my mind wow. on how I could, you know what I mean? Cause I was like, Oh, look at me. I'm about to do a good deed. And the yeah. guy just shrugged his shoulder. I can't eat. Yeah. I don't got any teeth. And I was like, Okay. You know? Yeah. So you can't romanticize this stuff. For uh, sure. In that sense. And you will do it if you, mm-hmm. as you take steps, you'll, you'll romanticize and idealize and then it'll, you know, and then reality will, <laughs> you'll be faced with real drug addiction in front of you uh, and people and those kinds of things. And, uh, um, and so you just have to, you know, take small steps mm-hmm. and go through uh, there's, I guess you can go take steps in either direction. So the other step you would take is, well, this person's homeless because they deserve it somehow. And you they, close, yeah, you close yourself off. Yeah. So you harden yourself. Yeah. Uh, or you, you go the other direction. What step could I take today? No matter how small 
mm-hmm. in the other direction today and do something different, which might mean just eye contact, you know? Mm-hmm. So acknowledging them yeah. as, a, as, a, as a person. And yeah, and it is true. You can't, you watch the refugee crisis in the world uh, unfold, you know, on, on video news mm-hmm. and there is a sense of, of helplessness and powerlessness and overwhelming hopelessness that can come over you. And, and my point is you, you need to begin by sitting with that mm-hmm. and, and see, see what would happen, see what would emerge. Well, it's very interesting too. And, and maybe we could go down this path for just a few minutes, but um, this idea of, of hopelessness, right. I, I, for me personally at first, and it, it really, it goes back to what I talked about earlier with, you know, being in recovery. My first real encounter with hopelessness was um, not, you know, my alcoholism. Yeah. And really seeing like, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's evolved over the years. So it's kind of hard for me to talk about it retrospectively. But um, being like, oh, yeah, like I don't, I really am a slave to this thing. I don't, I don't really get a say in um in this relationship when right. because because i i um engage with it in a in an alcoholic way um and then another time um my grandmother was in the hospital this was years ago and she just had a hip surgery if i remember correctly and she either needed to get out of bed or back into bed and there was, you know, there was obviously a nurse there helping her and I just happened to be in the room. So I was trying to help as well. And seeing the pain that she was going through and knowing that there was nothing, literally nothing in the world I could do to ease that pain that yeah. she was encountering in that moment. Um, it was, it was, there was a despair. I mean, at the end of the day, there was a hopelessness, but there was a despair and there was also this uh, a certain level of letting go of like oh but that's not that's not mine to do mine mm-hmm. is to try to and, and like i said i can't remember if it was helping her get into bed or get out of bed but mine is to just be helpful if i can in this moment yeah and um have the empathy of like i don't understand the pain she's in cuz yeah. at, at that at least at that moment in my life i had never experienced physical pain like that um and so, yeah, maybe you could speak a little bit on your some of the hopelessness um, you've encountered that has sort of informed your your spiritual life or your or just your life, right? Just navigating and, and becoming a little bit more empathetic to those around us. Well, like I said, it, it starts in your immediate circle, you know. And so, I'll, I'll use a very simple example practice that I do uh, is. Well, when I had a dog, <laughs> I don't have a dog anymore, but you'd, I'd see something on the news about a dog being tortured and mm. killed, or it would ha- actually happen here. Mm-hmm. We live in the boonies, and so people, people fight off. dogs, and then when they're dying, they dump them on our road. And so, yeah, we have to take care of it. Yeah. And, and just the sadness of that and the despair of the, this was this dog's existence. This is, you know, the best it got for this dog. So I can't. Go and say, you know, right. Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> you know, this is all your fault. You know, look, lady, I'm just trying to watch a game, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, but I could treat this dog that's in front of me 
I can go hug him. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go look him in the eyes. Can go, you know, tell him what a good boy he's been. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And and you know, you know, I would do that with my daughter when she was young. You know, mm-hmm. I'd see a story about a, a child being murdered or abused in some way, and I would, you know, just go put my hand on her forehead when she was asleep. You know, and just as if it was that, as right, if she right, was right. that child. You know, and. Because she is that child. I was going to say that's on a cosmic point. level, that is. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what that is. So that's always been a practice I've done. These small kinds of things, um, you know, and they lead to other actions and that kind of thing. Well, and I but think I, that I don't want to. No, I think that's elaborate. an important point. Um, that last part of as far as you know, the the child or the the animal or whatever you know the situation that you're embracing, that you can embrace in that moment, right? Um, there is some kind of uh, mysterious, I'm not going to go for, as far as to say healing, but yeah. a ripple effect into our reality that does connect with that person that is going through that, right? Yeah. Because I, I um, because it goes back to what you were saying earlier about you can also harden yourself to that. And being yeah. like, oh, that'll, you know, that'll never happen to me or that will never happen to this yeah. family, right? Or like, and and to separate yourself from that, the yeah. bigger community of life, the bigger. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Bono, again, there was a song when I was a kid. Uh, there was a famine in Ethiopia in the 80s. Um, and people were dying and, and the British pop stars all got together and they made this Christmas <laughs> song. Uh, uh, called Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And uh, and I think it's Bono who actually sings the line, thank God it's them instead of you. And I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> wrong with cool. you? <laughs> what kind of a song is this? It's horrible. It's a horrible song. Uh, <laughs> and then it ends with, you know, feed the world. Uh, yeah. And so it's just, yeah, so it's interesting to see how uh, I mean, Bono didn't write that. I don't think. Uh, right. Yeah. A guy named David Geffen, maybe, or somebody. Actually, no, that's not right either. Uh, I guess the lead singer of the Bay City Rollers, whatever his name was, <laughs> I forgot his name. Uh, David Geffen's a producer guy. Anyway, um, so yeah, you can see how Bono has evolved in his own expression of things. Well, and I, I think, and I think that's a good point to bring up too. Is wherever you're at is where is where you're starting, right? Yeah. And so, like, even if you, you know, because I, I know there was a time, you know, in my late teens and early twenties that I was re- very hard hearted. You would, you know, would be a good way. Yeah, to say it's, it's a survival cold, instinct. Yeah, very cold to the to the the greater population of the world. Yeah, and so like, if you are in that place, if you, you know, if you've if you've come across this podcast. You're like, oh well, that that empathy stuffs for those other people. That's yeah. not for me. Um, that's an okay place to be at. Yeah, like that. That's a reasonable place to be at, um, especially you know if you think about like globally the last two years and and the how chaotic and and just all or last three years I guess now. Um, yeah. and that's an okay place to be. Yeah, you know? it's like that show, uh, The Righteous Gemstones, uh, starring Danny McBride, who wrote it. He's a, he's a televangelist, megachurch, Pentecostal preacher, whole, and his son family. His son family. goes off to I think uh, Haiti to dig wells, you know, for clean water. Right. 
and he goes to find his son because he's estranged from the family. And he says, what are you doing here, son? Uh, let the Catholics and them liberals do this kind of work. <laughs> it's not for us. <laughs> Such a so, good yeah, show. that's kind of, yeah, where you can end up. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like, it's like uh, you know, if, if some of this stuff seems like way overboard, um, that's okay. Like, like yeah. David was talking about those small steps, you know, what, what can you do a little bit differently today? Um, or even, we even talk about, you know, in the recovery world, uh, some people are just like, well, I, I could never, uh, whether it's believe in God or, um, make amends. Um, yeah. one of the things we lean, lean on is like, well, just, just be willing, pray yeah, for, pray exactly. for willingness. Exactly. To, you know, and even people will say, I pray for the willingness to be willing yeah. to be willing to. Exactly. That's where it starts. <laughs> and, and so, you know, if, if some of these things, uh, seem, uh, overstated or you just can't relate to it, you know, maybe just praying for the willingness to see a different perspective. Um, not even, you know, not even to have to give up your perspective, right? Like you can keep yeah. your, uh, you know, to, to that idea of, well, that's for the Catholics and the liberals. Yeah. Like he, you can hold on to that idea and pray for the, the perspective of, well, you know, why did the Catholics and the liberals engage? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what's their side of the coin that they engage in that kind of stuff. And, um, and since you're, yeah. And since you're, a Bible-centered Christian, go ahead and try Matthew 24. Go, go <laughs> study that and pray on that and see see how that, that see, works out for you. See where that takes you. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's that's precisely what happened to me as far as uh, yeah, reading too. reading the Gospels yeah. and, and uh, opening my eyes to things um, that I otherwise probably wouldn't have contemplated or meditated on or just thought about until I read the God, the all four gospels beginning to end and just in, sort of engaged it. Um, I didn't just read it. You know, there was, I, I had this like question companion thing and, yeah. and answered questions. And um, I sometimes revisit that because it's, it's interesting to see even from that, because that was probably 10 years ago, um, how my outlooks on certain things have changed um, and grown you know, and, and just, uh, you know, and then going back to the Bono example, you know, obviously he's on some kind of journey. Right. And, um, and we all are in the sense of, well, I guess I can't say we all are because some people try to stay, <laughs> stay the same, but yeah. regardless, you're physically changing, right? Um, life is going to happen whether you think things are going to happen to you or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a level of, I, like, I don't see Henry Kissinger saying sorry about lying and bombing millions of people and killing <laughs> right. them uh, and living still rich and free, you know? Yeah, he seems uh, to be I don't see Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, these are not happy people, though, and they're not, you know, they're very isolated and, you know, anyway. Um, I guess the next, I mean, just if... What else from that? I mean, it's such a big reading. There's so much there. What else from that is really, you know, kind of hung on to your, your mind and your heart as you've been digesting it the last couple of days? Is there anything else that is just 
really connected with you? Uh, well, ju- definitely just the parallel of my own life, you know, being of Irish descent, which is a hatred between two Christian sects, you know, the Protestants right. and the Catholics. Right. And that's where Bono and you two, uh, Adam Clayton and uh, The Edge and uh, uh, <laughs> like losing his name, the drummer. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> He's the founder of the band and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, you know, they grew up in war-torn mm-hmm. Ireland during right. the tr- and they came of age during the Troubles and straddled the line between that Protestant Catholic kind of thing. And they all had a, a Pentecostal experience like mine uh, from a street ministry there. Interesting. I, didn't, so, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. And so, so I feel like that story is living out in my own life as well, even though it's so far removed. Um, and so, so that's, you know, and so, yeah. So when you sit, make a statement like that, uh, the church is more of a daily practice than it is a place mm-hmm. uh, or even a, a, a membership group. You know, it's a, it's a daily experience. It's a daily choice. It's a daily practice. And it goes back to what, like the Buddhist who says, uh, anybody could practice my religion without being of my religion, mm-hmm. you know, and this should be Christianity's claim. Anybody should practice sacrificial love and compassion, uh, without being a member. Yeah. And so, uh, that's, that should be the, you know, love is my religion. So, and well, I don't mean that as a, hippie kind of way and or a bumper sticker yeah no it's a hardcore thing it's a radical Mm -hmm. thing well i i think that's what's so interesting so from both of those perspectives right first of all this idea of sacrificial love it's hard to build big churches and cathedrals and stuff like right it's hard to get membership when you're when you're out there uh trying to push that idea um it's much more attractive to have the black and white thinking right um and then also this idea of, of it's an uncomfortable thing to really truly engage with this idea of um, sacrificial love, right? It's, it's I don't want to say it's fun. That might be the wrong word, but it's, it's easier, I guess, when you're comfortable living, you know, living your life in a, in a first world country, just sort of doing, yeah. doing your thing, right? Stepping over the person as you go to work, in Bono's words. Um, and so, especially if you, you know, at least in modern day, right. The last 20 years or whatever, why would you want to give that up? Yeah. You know what, even if it was for this greater, greater good of a, of a, of a, a God or a higher power or whatever else it's, it's, um, and I think sometimes people, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. You know, we just wrapped up our pathways to presence uh, using the celebration of discipline. And I think a lot of times people, um, what would it be? Uh, So this idea of practice. Okay, this is where I'm going with this. Like this idea of having a rigid practice um, seems like it would be smothering. Mm. Um. But when you engage with a, and I'm not going to say a rigid practice, but when you engage with a regular practice, there's, there's freedom in it. You know what I mean? I think, I think that book celebration of discipline, the bigger point 
is you engage with these things so that there's a bigger freedom in your life. Yeah. But if you've never experienced having that uh, practice or that, uh, it seems easier to have a lack of rigidity and so in yeah. your life, so you can just do what you want. I do what I want. Yeah. Um, as Cartman would uh, would tell us, but um, there is something powerful about, and you know, maybe maybe we can sort of go in this this end, but. Having those, whatever the practice is, right? I don't think it has to necessarily be just Christian practices, but um, having those practices in your life, I guess we'll make it very specific. Um, what kind of freedoms have you been able to encounter through that? You know, and not not having to rely on a, a physical building to show your Right. How Christian you are, I guess, would be. Yeah, I, my experience has been kind of kind of the shape of the hourglass, you know, the triangle mm. touching the triangle. Right. Uh, so it's been the more uh, personal my experience of, of the divine is, the more universal my worldview gets as a result. Interesting. And so the more intimate the experience of the divine of love is in my life, uh, the more elusive the idea of God and the beliefs of God mm. become. And so it's that, that paradoxical word, right. you know, and then they come together in that, you know, at that apex in the middle yeah. somewhere. And so that's kind of been my, my experience of things. Um, you know, and, I, and it's all process, you know, yeah. and that's another buzzword that people like to use, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, yeah, it is. And yeah, I bless your process. <laughs> uh, I wish you well in your process there. Uh, but, but I like what he said. There is no promised land. There's, there's only yeah. the promised journey. And if you look at the, the, the scriptural story of, of the Jewish people, that seems to be the point. They don't get to stay in the promised land mm. for very long. They go into exile all over the world, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's, and it's become a huge uh, ingrained infusion of, of Jewish identity. You know, the, the loss of that temple and the loss of that, that, I mean, there's a state of Israel now and that's, you know, right. what it is, but, it, but in Jewish identity, and I'm not speaking as a, expert or anything like that uh, from what i understand you know like uh like the yarmulke is 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 the mourning for the loss of that temple and mm. so so there's an emphasis on in the jewish scriptures that it's not really about the promised land it's about this journey that you're you're forever arriving uh and so that's a powerful thing I, you know well and i think that to go back sort of connect that with this idea of practices and the yeah, sense. Yeah, sorry, I took it off. The no, 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 but it, it <laughs> it's good in the sense that the ideas or the beliefs or the practices, like all these things that were useful to me, say 15 years ago or 12 years ago, um, aren't useful to me today in the same way, um, but they were necessary at the time to get me to where I'm at today. Yeah. You know, and it just goes back to this idea of like, um, 
you know, praying for the willingness, right? Yeah. Like I don't need to pray for the willingness today to believe in, in a God or a higher power because I have that belief today. Yeah. Right. But I need, but I needed to start somewhere, you know, and, and that, um, and at least at this, I, I think at some point there wasn't a, a thought of like, Oh, I'll, I'll reach this, uh, this amazing enlightened state yeah. um, where that also has evolved to, to sort of, mirror what you're saying is like there is no promise that there is no enlightened state it just like i continue living in this world this 3d world yeah. and i have this other i have to say i have this tool but just this way of life maybe would yeah. be a better way to, to put it um that helps me get through the next 24 hours of my life for the net you know yeah i'll probably go to bed about 10 so it'll guide me for the next eight hours of my life before yeah, I go to sleep or whatever it is, and and for people that are more formulaic, you know, just give me the the one two three steps. I, I guess to speak to them, it'd be something like, well, what are what are the highest values of of the Christian faith? Mm. So, it's to be Christ like. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means uh, to foster a spirit of humility in your life. That that would be one of them, right? Humility is is a value mm -hmm. in Christian. You wouldn't see that. You wouldn't know that wouldn't from public that, right? Christians yeah, yeah, today yeah, yeah, in this yeah, country. Yeah. Uh, but but humility is is a major is a major thing. So you could ask the question: What discipline? What practice uh, would foster a spirit of humility in my life right now? Mm -hmm. uh, compassion is another one. Uh, self giving or, or uh, 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 selfless giving. Uh, that kind of thing. What that that's a part of. So how can I foster that spirit in me? What practice would do that? And so, so that, that's a that's a simple way to to approach it. Well, I think, way. and I think to bring it full circle is also look around in your life for people that are embodying those different things. Yeah, exactly. And either ask them, you know, specifically, like you know, what did you do to get you know, be a copycat. Yeah, right. Like go to them, say, hey. I notice this quality about you, whether it's yeah. humility, selfless giving, um, compassion, empathy, whatever, you, you know, you see that quality in that person, like, Hey, I noticed you embody yeah. this quality. How did you get there? Um, and some people will be like, I, I don't know. I just, that's who I am. Yeah. But there's other people that will know yeah, what they, they did. A couple stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and it's, you know, and, and for me to, to see someone living that way, makes it a little bit more obtainable for me in the sense of like, oh, they can, they've obviously walked down this path towards humility just yeah. for, you know, to narrow it down. Excuse me. How did you, you know, how, I notice you live your life in a, in a humble sort of way. How did that happen? Yeah. And probably they have a handful of really great stories that they can share with you. And, and terrible then, stories. Well, yeah. We're, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible in the sense that, yeah, they fucking got cut down at the knees and, and, uh, They're like, look at this jar over my mantle place. Do you know what's in this jar? What? The ashes of a piece of my ass that got chewed up by life. <laughs> life taking its pound. But, um, you know, and, 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 you know, this, this just this copycat idea of like, sure, you, you might be very unique and, and, uh, a genius in your own right. Uh, but we still need people around us to, to help us embody, whatever it is we're yeah. striving for, you know? And, and yeah, that unique thing that you easy. brought up is trying to be an original, 
trying to be a unique person. I think that's a lie that the baby boomers told their millennial children. <laughs> it's just a fairy tale. It's not, you know, at least in Christianity, there's a lineage, you know, mm. and Judaism, there's a lineage, Buddhism, there's a lineage. Uh, I think there's a lineage to our first ancestors that stepped out of Africa or whatever, you know, and uh, so I, I find more power in connection Right. And that lineage than being some unique novel, uh, you know, original person. Well, and I, I, I think it's both, right? Because. Yeah, sure. It takes, it takes new ways of thinking and new ways of seeing the world to, to evolve the world. Yeah, that's true. But, but there is progress. There is something (laughs) about knowing, like knowing where, so you know, where we're at today. So you and I we're standing on, like you said, a lineage of, of millions of billions of people that have come before us, um, to, to create the world, how it is today, whether we talk about technology, whether we talk about a spiritual, um, life, whether, you know, whether we talk about, you know, how we interact with the world, whatever. Um, and so, uh, I don't know if being respectful is the right word, but uh, connecting with that. Yeah, just seeing that connectedness. Someone got in a canoe and left their homeland forever. Yeah. You know, and and the Irish story is that you leave, you know, they would leave Ireland because of famine and because of poverty and and internal war. And, uh, you know, this happened in my family. They, They left one by one and they, you know, it was a death. They never returned. And they got born again. They were reborn in this other land called America. Right. And, and could be whoever they wanted to be. You know, in my, in my family's case, scoundrels. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, like my great grandma became a, putting labels of Campbell's soup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Chicago, us. you know, and she couldn't read. <laughs> and so. Well, and, and we're on the, I, I feel like we're also on the precipice of that happening again with people going out into space. You know what I mean? Knowing that they'll never come back, you know, whether it's, you know, precipice in the sense of like the next hundred years. Yeah. That's going to happen. And, um, well, there's one billionaire. I wish he would hurry up and leave and just go (laughs) and leave us alone. I'm tired of reading about his crap. (laughs) Um, cool, man. Do you feel good? Yeah, I think so. I'm a little low energy today. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we shut it down? No. uh, Cool. Highly recommend people listening to the Joshua Tree. There you go. It's greatest album ever produced. Ever recorded. (laughs) Beautiful, man. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Danny West for doing all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia, Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, Thank you, Mr. David. Thank you, Mr. Min. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, as always, uh, we are still slanging our book. Um, dreamwalkerway.com is the place to go grab one of those and please and thank you yes please and thank you and spread the word about this podcast we appreciate you telling others about it if you're enjoying it and that's a wrap